What's up, everyone? Chris Manning here from the Lockdown Cavs Podcast, joined, as always, by my co-pilot. That's Evan Demerol. Today's show, we're going to focus a lot on Isaac Okor because he is out once again this time, two to three weeks with an elbow sprain. We'll cover that, rotation implications, and more on this new episode of Locked on Cavs. You are Locked on Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We do, by the way, want to thank you for making Locked On Cavs your hashtag first listen every single day. Remember, we are free and available on all platforms. And that includes YouTube, where we are on the road to 1,000 subscribers Help us get there. Go subscribe to our YouTube channel right freaking now. Evan, a couple of housekeeping notes to get to before just to lay down to, for folks where the news is at right now. Number one, Cleveland Cavaliers is postponed game against Atlanta Hawks. I was originally scheduled for December 19th. is now scheduled for March 31st. That now creates a back-to-back for them. We'll be playing at home on the 30th of March against the Dallas Mavericks, then play in Atlanta the next night to make up that game that was postponed when the Cavs had a COVID outbreak. Secondly, Rajon Rondo, unfortunately for me, will be wearing number one. Uh, he will. This was obviously most recently worn by Justin Anderson, who was on the team like a cup of coffee ago. Other notable players, Evan, to wear the number one for the Cleveland Cavaliers. I think Daniel Gibson is obviously very famous for this. James Jones, champ himself, wore number one. Can you name some of the other Cavs players in recent history, let's say 2003 to now, that have worn number one off the top of your head? Uh, Terrell Brandon is another notable one for sure. Well, that w- that was 96 to 97, so but, that was before 2003. Bonus points for that. I know he's a notable one. There's Dante Exum, Derek Rose. Okay. Um, golly. Those two... Uh, Derek Rose really sticks in a craw. You said Booby Gibson already. Uh, yep. Carlos Boozer was before his time still. Well, 2000, 2003, so that's, that was he was the way he was the cutoff here. So let's do those three. Here's some of the other ones. Oh, and I have more. Jared, I have more. Jared no, got, Jack got, is another one, too. I forgot okay, the Jared okay. Jack experience. Okay, there, there's, two, there's two other ones you've, you haven't gotten yet, and I'm going to give you 10 seconds to see if you can get at least one of them. Uh, Dante Exxon, Derek Jones, Derek Rose, Jarrett J- Jack, Daniel Gibson, Terrell Brandon, Carlos Boozer, James Jones. Um, okay, the other the two you missed post 2003, the modern era, let's say, of Cavs basketball, Rodney Hood, and so and Sauce Castillo himself, Nick Stauskas. Rodney Good, man. I was so hyped about him, but thanks for asking about me, Chris. I'm good. Well, hey, hey, I haven't even finished the housekeeping notes yet. And notably of Rondo, doesn't seem like he's going to play on Tuesday. And Isaac Okoro, which is going to be the focus of our show today, is going to miss two to three weeks with a left elbow sprain because he suffered it when uh, Damana Sabonis had a screw on him and he was in a lot of pain and he's now going to miss some time after an MRI revealed the elbow sprint. But Evan... How are you? Yeah, everything okay over there? Yeah, it's good, man. We're like an early 2000s Halo Machinima. We're red versus blue on this episode. If you know, you know. Um, I, I don't know. So that's cool. Chris is wearing Nike. I'm wearing Champion. I'm still confuddled by how Champion became like an expensive brand because growing up, Champion was like the Kmart brand of athletic brands. And now it's like $60. Like I got a Champion's like crew neck sweater for Christmas and 
I'm pretty sure my parents paid like $60 for that crew neck unless they got it like on a deal somewhere, which is just weird to think about. But one more housekeeping note, Darius Garland is back today against the Memphis Grizzlies because this is Tuesday's episode because of the as of the 7:30 p.m. injury report he is no longer listed. I asked JV Bickerstaff about this as well during media availability on Monday on whether or not Darius and Jetty were able to practice and JV took a long pause and said Darius yes and then I said so is he a game time decision and he said yeah he's a game time decision and it seems the decision was already made because Darius Garland's available so much like the Red Skull would say in Avengers Infinity War a soul for a soul to get the stone and the stone is a championship ring because JV made it clear that Rondo's most valuable contribution to this team is showing how this young Cavs team can win, especially in the playoffs. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll see how, how that goes. But let's talk I about that full before. circle. I'm really proud of myself right now, especially because um, I'm still waking up from my nap and the the fog is gone. I was very foggy before I laid down because I was just like, you know what? The fine folks at Locked On Cavs need me completely tuned in, not confusing jersey numbers for our 30-minute show. Again, you brought it up for the second in a row. I didn't even have to do it to you. I know, just but so we clear. had a listener chime in when I announced Rondo's wearing number one just from the press release. So, like, it's better than 63, LOL. And I was just like, harsh. That's not true. <laughs> harsh. That um, is wrong, and it's factually incorrect. But didn't, didn't, want, been... didn't want to engage, but I thought to myself, well, thanks for listening. That's yeah, that's cool. That's cool, but you're you're wrong, listener. But <laughs> look, here here's the thing. Here is I think Evan the 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 micro review. Let's say in Isaac I think this is just a bummer. Um, we'll get into the, the the structure of the roster and things like that. But I think for me the bummer is frankly just like I, I the developmental part of this I think is just sort of tricky mm-hmm. because this is a guy who'd gone through a really really nice stretch who had gone through a really, really nice stretch of games before he goes in the COVID protocols, comebacks out, has come back out and had some um, positive moments mm-hmm. and has had some video and has had some really so good positive contributions to this team. And now he's going to be out of rhythm again. And let's just say he misses the full three weeks. I'll take him towards the end of January. He'll have a couple of weeks, like a, a little chunk of games there before the All-Star break. He'll get some time to come back before the break, but then he'll go on break again. You know, obviously, this one season will not like define his whole career. You know, you would ex- like there's some expectation of okay, how, what can you do all your way? Can you can you still you know stay in shape, stay engaged, things like that? This is an injury, obviously, that's going to like send him home or or anything like that. But it just is a bummer that he, for the second time in a year where it's going to be really important for him to continue to develop, to get to work on his shot, to get to perhaps handle the ball right now because of this Rubio injury, that he's going to be out at a time where Rondo is now going to be integrated and Evan Mobley is kind of finding his sea legs a little bit as a scorer and a creator. And there, there's just something developmentally that I think is tricky for a core to manage here. How the Cavs will reintegrate him, kind of get him back on the developmental path, will be worth watching, I think, when he comes back. That That is, to me, like my when, I, when this news first came through, I, my, obviously, I think there's some rotation implications here, but the developmental part of this is probably the, what I'm most fascinated by kind of seeing. And it's just a bummer for Isaac from, from, I think, that point of view almost more than anything else. Yeah, I'm interested about that. I'm In terms of development, it's more of a continuity thing for me. I, I think about Larry Markton a lot now. He was sidelined with COVID and how this was not really optimal, suboptimal, to say the least, something I've been saying too much lately. Um 
that he was withdrawn from the starting lineup and the rotation in general because he had to build that familiarity of sharing the floor with two other seven-footers and Evan Mobley. <clears throat> and Jared Allen, at the time, Colin Sexton was still available, and Darius Garland as well, and then Okoro and everybody else too. You, you really hit the nail on the head for me, though. It was like Okoro is still trying to find his spot in this dichotomy in the Cavs' offense because Garland is obviously the primary ball handler and initiator. The Cavs are going to be leaning heavily on him. Like, I know... Rajon Rondo is going to be a, a factor in this rotation when he does join the Cavaliers and like he will be an initiator of this offense but like they're going to be playing Garland 30-35 minutes plus a night every given night if he's they're able to I I feel more uncomfortable in saying that and after that like the obviously you have Jared Allen and Evan Mobley who are going to be your primary benefactors as well offensively and Okoro is one of those guys who is still adjusting and learning how to play without the ball in his hands he shared with us before the season started like this is the hardest adjustment period of his life in terms of basketball because he's always used to playing with the ball in his hands and just having all these options in the offense laid out in front of him whether it was in high school or at Auburn or at times during his rookie season last year but the Cavs are really moving him off ball and trying to make him more comfortable and that is the biggest development issue for me it's not just that but like the familiarity that goes hand in hand that just like learning the ticks and intricacies because Isaac has two brand new teammates in marketing and mostly that he has to share the floor with and Darius who's just coming back and Jared Allen who he's still trying to get familiar and playing with and like this is a big blow for the Cavs and like you said we'll talk about the rotation stuff I've been thinking about that more so than the development thing but now my mind is really running through this and I'm just it's it's curious to see if it's going to be it's tricky for sure and it's unfortunate like I like we're not trying to be shilly, I guess, but it is unfortunate that this cast team seems to unfortunately get the bad breaks in terms of injury stuff all the time. Like when it rains, it pours. It feels like we're the Cavs. Maybe we'll get a player back, but they lose a player or two in the process. Where you, I just want to see this Cleveland team have a fully healthy roster. I mean, obviously factoring out Ricky Rubio and Colin Sexton because they're out for the season at this point. Um, but for the majority, like I want to see a fully healthy roster and kind of see how this Cavs team ticks and how it operates, especially when they start to get into the thick and the meat of the season. Because again, you mentioned the top; they play Dallas and Atlanta back to back in late at the very end of March. Like that, that game could have some serious implications for the Cavs on if they want to be a play-in team or a playoff team, or if they're fighting to get in that spot to begin with. Because we're gonna have a really clear vision of who is and isn't in that race at that point. And if the Cavs drop a couple fat L's because there's still some bumps in the road, like it's, 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 it's not good. Yeah. That's just all I'll say. I have one other developmental take. I want to get to after the break before we move into the rotation stuff. But Evan, first you got to tell everyone about our friends at Truebill. I sure do. Did you guys know that free trials are new without your consent? It's a business scam out to get you. Do not, and I mean do not, let greedy corporations pocket your money. So download Truebill today to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify to stop and helps you stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or just simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your account and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in just one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them the most to help cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. 
They've saved over 2 million users and they've helped them save over $100 million. Like Matthew B, who says, in a matter of seconds, I saved $660 for the year on my DirecTV bill, saved $120 a year on my Sirius XM bill, and saved $840 a year on car insurance. Do not fall for subs- subs- subscription scams. Start canceling today like Matthew B at truebill.com slash lockdownNBA. That's truebill.com slash lockdownNBA. It could literally save you thousands of dollars a year truebill.com slash locked on nba okay we're back here's my other developmental take evan and i I don't want to linger on this but i think the other thing worth noting here is i do think this Cavs team as an organization i think as a project the next couple years will be to shore up the depth of this team in a real way i think this Cavs team sneakily is not particularly deep it is not particularly full of guys that i think you would particularly count as rotation players and i kind of would expect what we've seen based on this year what we've seen on jb bickerstaff's instincts is like he is going to probably contract this rotation and lean on the guys that he trusts i think denzel valentine in theory like would have been a guy you could have seen get some minutes with the core out he's obviously he's now gone uh because the other news like the the rondo trade is completed but it became a three-way deal where like he went to the knicks then was waived like i at this point like you know we don't really I don't really think it's worth expecting a ton from Dylan Windler. Like I, you know, Brandon Goodwin's been fine, but I don't know how we don't really even know how long he's realistically going to be around. Like there's only so much of the multiple big stuff you can kind of run out. Like Jetty's not back and obviously out of COVID protocols. Seconds out for the year. Like I, I think we're at a point where this team clearly is lacking in wings. And I think as we're scratch off your bingo card. And as we look ahead to, like the, this team the next couple of years, because they're not going to be flush with cap space, because they're not going to be flush with the ability to go out and spend and replace some of these things, whether it's via the draft, whether it is via the G League, whether it is via like finding their own version of Jay Sean Tate or t- turning someone like RJ Nemhart into like an actual piece. I think them getting looks at these kind of guys and hitting on at least one or two of these guys to be like a eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh guy will be kind of important for this Cavs team to maximize whatever this era is going to be. It's just going to, it's tricky to do. It's harder. It's easier said than done. There's no doubt about that to me, but it's, it's just when, when you, you know, are down Osman and then down a core and it's like, well, there's like no wings on this team. When, like when these two guys are not healthy and Valentine's now gone because you went out and got another veteran point guard, it's just sort of glaring. And like, you, I, I would expect a big chunk of Lamar Stevens minutes, but Evan, when you think about Okoro now being out, and now he's he was starting at the two. We would expect that the starting lineup otherwise will be Garland. There's that big now blank spot at the two guard. Marketing, Mobley, Allen. That will be the five. If you're going to say, okay, who am I going to slide in as my starting two guard? What Do you have like a take on what you would do there? Um, to, against the Grizzlies, it's probably going to be Lamar Stevens. The Cavs have done this lineup before with Garland, Stevens, Marketing, Mobley, Allen. In theory, it's... It makes sense because you're trying to add a little bit of that defensive upside that Okoro brought to the table. It's nowhere near the same. It's not apples to apples necessarily. I think it's a little different, obviously. Um, sorry, I just saw Elizabeth Holmes was found of criminal guilty of criminal no, we're not, fraud. No, this is I'm, not locked on Toronto, Seven. Keep, keep it on. Let's go. Just very happy to see that. But... Um, I think it's going to be Lamar Stevens, but maybe you see Rajon Rondo playing a lot more than you expect him to. Um, I asked you this the other night, or last night actually, when he had coral injury initially happened and we had no clear idea of how long he would be out, but we both assumed he would be out. 
uh, gun to your head, but you see more of Kevin Pangos or Brandon Goodwin until Rondo is available. I think you're going to see one of those two getting some minutes as well. Maybe Goodwin gets another 10-day deal and maybe... See, this is where it gets tricky because Carter Rodriguez did point this out to me that Pangos's contract is guaranteed this year, so you can't just wait. Yeah, they're not they're the roster, so they are not gonna light like that money on fire just because Goodwin is like a marginal. If if Goodwin, in theory, let's say he is a actual marginal upgrade, they're not just gonna light the guaranteed money on Kevin Pangos' contract the rest of the year to like give yourself like a little bit of a like it's just not something a team at this stage is is really gonna do, nor a team that is in the cap well, situation that it is. You know, it's just not something they they're can gonna always. Do. They can always re- waive either Taco Fall or RJ Nembhard from their two-way deal and sign Goodwin to yeah, well, two-way and, contracts. And if, if they really want to, being, because that yeah, if we're, and if we're being, on, li- the, 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 the limitation of two-way players playing between the primary league and the G League has been eliminated because of the COVID situation. I don't know if yep. that's a permanent change or if it's temporary, but that's always an option yeah. too. And frank, um, frank, frankly, if we want to be like, if I want to be kind of like. If I'm gonna just say this out loud, I think clearly the the guy you would wave there would be Taco. That is no disrespect to him as a player, but like Nemhard is a wing who like gives you depth at a really needed position, and mm-hmm. like uh, I like honestly like you could have you could have made argument that like Kyle Guy might have been worth as like your if you were that worried about point guard depth, you could have gone that route with a two way like at the beginning of the year. Yeah, he's like playing pretty well for the Heat right. Made now, the graphic Kyle and guy. everything. It was pretty crazy, but um, yeah. I I think. I, I would expect that I would expect Lamar is the guy. You can feel I don't necessarily feel like that like they're gonna treat him like they treat Okoro and he's not gonna be able to defend like the the thing that is kind of going I think kind of particularly for this Memphis game is like Okoro would have defended Ja. Absolutely. And now like mm-hmm. I don't Lamar is not quick in that way as a defender. Like he is better. He can defend threes, he can defend some fours. I thought he did actually a really nice job kind of fighting against the bonus inside against Indiana on Sunday. He's not gonna like go and do against John Smith. Now Ja is a monster, like he is an all star caliber player. He's one of the quickest guards in the league. I don't think Okoro exactly would have like put him like in, in he would have put him in like difficult situations, but he wasn't gonna completely shut him down. I think you know, Lamar's chances of doing that are probably even a little bit less. I would expect Lamar as the guy. I wonder just because of just I wonder if JB would maybe just like say, okay, we're gonna like start Goodwin just because like I want another guy that can dribble the ball. And like I wonder when Rondo comes available if he does that. Even though like I hate I I mean I said I didn't like the Garland. I didn't was wasn't sure like the Garland Rubio thing was gonna work. Like before the year I thought if Rubio was gonna be mesh really well with one of those guys it was probably going to be like him helping kind of overcome some of Sexton's limitations. It ended up being that Garland Rubio was like an incredible head was an incredible combination. As long as we saw it, I'm pretty skeptical that like Rubio Garland is a thing that like works. Like, I don't think it works defensively mean, and I don't, yeah. Garland, um, Rondo. Yeah, excuse me, Garland Rondo. I don't think Garland Rondo is a thing that is like going oh, to, no. I, I don't expect that to work, but I also could understand. It's like, okay, like we are really going to, need some creativity on the floor and i wonder if that be, if that factors in this decision here and like you're we are not going to know this until like the because of how jb is one of those coaches that is like i'm never naming my starters like it's like he just doesn't want to do it brad stevens famously has done this nate mcmillan does this this isn't just like a jb cork it is like a, a thing a lot of coaches do but we're gonna find out like five minutes before the game when like someone on scene like Kelsey Russo will tweet like oh like this is what it says in the jumbotron or or whatever like that is when we'll find out. And it, I I I would guess Lamar Stevens. I think that's the correct guess. What? You're not gonna be in Memphis. I'm just, they're in Cleveland. Oh, tomorrow, dude, dude. I'm, this is how backwards I am. 
because of just everything. Evan knows I'm not going into it. There's just I'm, my head is just like I'm like Dennis Rodman in you the need last. You take dance. yourself a depression nap like I did and clear yeah. your head. I feel pretty good. It's just my I'm like Dennis Rodman. Like oh, that's right. They played Memphis opening night when Darius Garland hurt his ankle, and like that feels doesn't that feel like nine years ago at this point? It does. Um, I turned 29 in a month, so it's my last year in my 20s, so I'm already dreading 2022. But, yeah. no, I agree, man. I, I think it's just going to be interesting how the Cavs approach is. I agree that Garland Rondo, I wanted to say Garland Rubio as well. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting it's, it's to the see double how R's. that... Especially after talking about Rubio so much, it's hard to still believe Rajon Rondo is a Cleveland Cavalier, but... Rondo just doesn't have the same scoring punch that Rubio does. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say punch either. It's just the fact that Rubio knows that the Cavs need somebody to take those shots at some point, and he's not going to meticulously wait for the offense to unfold like it is because it's a young roster. Maybe Rondo becomes cognizant of this, and we see a player who's actually not a, hesitant to take shots at times like Rondo can. Um, but we'll see how that develops. I think it's a good lineup in theory if you can kind of get Mobley. Mobley is definitely not being gun shy anymore, which is a fun development during all of this too. If Mobley continues to take as many shots as he does, maybe having two playmakers like Garland and Rondo on the floor with him at the same time is a good thing. Ditto for Jared Allen. If you really get those two going, and Markinen as well, maybe Markinen finds a little bit of a shooting stroke again, especially if he gets more wide open looks like he has been in the past. But well, I don't know, man. We'll see. We'll see how it works. Uh, I definitely think it's going to be Lamar tomorrow at home, uh, where Martin Rickman and I both will be. Chris, look, Evan, you, you can't accost me for I, this because you know I have legitimate reasons. So don't even. Come I know in. you have legit. No, no, no. We Martin and I both teased you about you to Bill Filippo, and then we immediately both said, but Chris is doing the morally responsible that's thing. Right. We shouldn't give him too much that's, shit. That's absolutely correct. So come at me. Just as a note before we go into break. Garland Stevens, Market, and Mobley Allen has played 11 possessions this year as a group according to Cleaning the Glass. Uh, he has the Garland Rubio Stevens, Mobley Allen has played six possessions. So like those are the only time, the only lineups that have featured Garland Stevens, Mobley, and Allen as a as a four. That's 17 total possessions. So like we're like that would be new territory. Um, yeah, that would be kind of just a touch, just just a touch of of new reality there. Okay, after the break, we're gonna dive into more of Cavs Grizz. And and talk and just throw a little some stuff to look up for in this one. Okay, Evan, I gotta tell you the the guy that I'm like most excited to like watch, and I've watched him a little bit this year. John Moran. Well, no, no, no. I'm gonna give the, the NBA hipster oh. pick. It's Desmond freaking Bain, man. Shouts to Desmond Bain. Mm. That guy rocks. He does. The Celtics traded him, correct? Yeah, like there's a lot of teams that should feel bad about not having Desmond Bain. I know he's like a little bit older, but like Memphis, like Dallas should feel bad about it. Yeah, Desmond Bain is one of those players. He kind of is falling into that Chris Middleton category of me, where if I could copy and paste and put him on the 29 other teams that he currently isn't on. Uh, the league would just the overall product of this league would improve. I, I like Desmond Bain a lot, too. He torched the Cavs to open the season he really took advantage of Larry Markton not being a traditional three by nature yep. I'm curious to see how the Cavs handle that because I think having that Okoro wrinkle like you said they put a probably would have thrown a Okoro on Jaw to start, start the game slow him down a little bit and maybe every now and then they switch it so they can force Garland like they put Garland on um on Morant and maybe they put Okoro on Bane I think you'll obviously throw that out all, all that out the window at this point it's tough 
Um, I wonder how Stevens defends the Grizzlies at this point. Like the, the Cavs are a team that pride themselves defensively. Um, this Grizzlies team is really hot too, though. Like the, these are both two really fun young teams that are hot at the right time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just kind of interested to see how it plays out. Like we talked about doing a redraft the other day, and I wonder if maybe like we talk about Zion going second. Like maybe Garland should have been the second overall pick if you redrafted the 2018 draft. Like you 2019. know, not beneficial for the kit. 2019 draft excuse me there you go messing up the numbers um but i not beneficial for the Cavs, obviously but i wonder with how these two were just their stars are rising like jaw is probably gonna make the all-star team this year garland is going to be an all-star for the Cavs at some point in his career hopefully has, soon. A, has a real case this for our has sake a, and the has, hashtag content well, has a real case this year i think i think him and alan both i think oh, Zil, tom ziller had the had him uh, the great Tom Ziller and his Good Morning Basketball Newsletter had both Garland and Allen on his all-star rosters for the East and the West this year. He wrote a really good column about that as well that people should go uh, check out in that newsletter. But anyway. Mm-hmm. No, it's a great newsletter. Um, I, I saw that too. I, I just – I look at the grand scheme of the Eastern Conference. I think you can make a case for Darius, but he's going to be reserved. It's going to be tough yeah. just based on how the other coaches feel. And I think it's just – he's going to be one of the f- – <sighs> first four out like in a march madness situation yeah. where darius is just kind of like maybe drew unfortunately yeah. right on the edge like drew, but, drew sneaks in yeah. over him as like a veteran and, and yada yada oh drew holiday should to me feels like a lock for the all-star team this year he's so freaking yeah good. i i love drew um just notably about <laughs> memphis they are playing on monday um as we're recording this they are in the first quarter playing in playing brooklyn um their starting lineup for this game because they also are dealing with some covid stuff is john morant Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson Jr., Stephen Adams, and Killian Tilly, who they just converted from a from a two way deal, I believe, or like a hardship deal of some kind, to a a two year contract as they kind of shuffled around their roster a little bit. And they're playing guy like Brandon Clark, and they have some other guy like Tyus Jones and stuff. But like their starting lineup right now is like a little funky. Like if this same starting lineup plays the next night, like the Cavs could reasonably have like three that like, could be like three bigs playing three bigs which would be like a very funny weird thing to see i mean you could have like alan mm-hmm. guarding tilly or adams uh mobley's guarding tilly and then like marketing's defending jaron jackson jr like some version of like these these kind of things over there and that could make things like a little theoretically a little easier on the Cavs. and instead of like them having like slow-mo and and you know other guys and, like i think because like i think d'anthony melton and um just, Kyle Anderson and I think obviously uh, Dylan Brooks are all in well, COVID if protocols. You look so. at, if you look at the net, yeah, no, but like I, you're mentioning all these players in the Grizzlies, and we talked about this earlier about how the Cavs just kind of need depth at key positions. God, I envy Memphis's position even more than they already were because I, um, I the, the the folks over at the Grizzlies SB Nation affiliate asked me to just answer some questions based on like for a mailbag or on what the Cavs and about the Cavs and the Grizzlies game and like he they asked me like well what do you think of the Grizzlies again I'm envious of their position but I think they're both at a good place now but like the Grizzlies should be where the Cavs are going next where they find like good young rotation talent that just supports their key players in this case John Morant and Jerem Jackson Jr. and mostly John Morant but like Brandon Clark's great uh Killian Tilly's great um Slow Mo's great, even though he is in health and safety protocols, like you said. Um, Dylan Brooks is great. Like, there are so many good players on this Grizzlies team, 
And I'm just sorry to cut you off. Like, that's just what I've been thinking about is just this <laughs> Cavs team just kind of emulating Memphis in some way, shape, or form like that. Yeah, I, I think this game will be interesting. I Getting um, getting Darius Garland back for this game in particular is, like, very fun. I would not, like, expect him to be, like, peak Darius Garland from the moment he's back on the floor, but a lot is going to be thrown at him, you know? Um like it's this is still kind of a the Cavs are getting closer to full strength, but this is still something of a patchwork roster. This is still a team lacking depth. Memphis obviously in a very similar situation. Teams are still just kind of persisting right now. Um, like as noted, the Cavs are getting Garland back. Osmond's still in protocols. Now Cora's out three weeks, and that like just it's it's a continuous sort of cycle of can you survive the various dudes you don't have on your team right now, and that is a tricky place to be. Evan. Um, any any final thoughts ahead of this before we kind of skedaddle here? No, not really. Um, uh, hopefully, Sean Coleman, co-host or just the host of Locked On Grizzlies, one of my favorite voices to listen to, um, hates me dearly, but would rather tag me than you in Twitter stuff. I mean, frankly, um, frankly, like nice well. of him because like Twitter's bad, and like you, 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 you can you can be our on, on very online tw- of the two of us. You can be the online guy. I'm good with that. I'm not really on Twitter that much anymore. I'm actually pretty proud of myself. Like, I'll tweet stuff. Like, I'll read a few things. Then I just move on with my day. Um, the vitriol, like, a friend of the friend of the show, Birdman Joe, says, like, I don't know how you put up with some of the shit people say to you. Like, well, I don't read 90% of it anymore. I, I just don't go looking for it. So, um, sometimes there's some people who annoy me that I look up and I just roll my eyes at. Um... But this, I don't know, man. I'm interested to see how the Cavs look with Garland out there. Uh, like you said, he's probably not going to be full bore because he has to kind of get reconditioned in some aspects just when it comes to getting back on the floor. Like, again, I'm curious to see how he bounces back from it because Larry Markman didn't really have that many complications. Evan Mobley's doing okay. Jaron Allen's doing okay. Kevin Love said, like, the hardest thing for him is learning how to, like, catch his breath and just breathe properly while on the floor again. I'm wondering what Camp Garland falls into and what kind of, like, lingering effects COVID has for him. I Hopefully they're nothing severe, obviously, but, yeah, it, it's good to have him back. I think we're going to see a lot sharper of a Cavs team offensively. It's still going to be muddled, muddy. I think it's going to be a little mucked up at times like it was against Indiana the other night, but... I'm excited to see how it goes. Yeah, should be fun. That is going to be it for this episode of Lockdown Cavs. We'll be back after Cavs Grizzlies to recap that game, talk about the fallout there, talk about the return of one Darius Garland, um, and and dive into whatever else happens at that one. And if you want a great second listen uh, after you finish making us your first listen, may I suggest the Lockdown Bets podcast with Lee Sterling as the gambling expert and hosted by your boy Q. So that's free and available on all platforms. That is your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. If you want a third listen, Lockdown Browns. The Browns, as we're recording this, are playing a pretty, uh, you know, maybe not as meaningful as anyone would have liked, but they're playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. Jeff Lloyd will probably do a great job breaking it down. I'm just just saying go check that out. Anyway, this has been... And if you need a fourth listen... Come come listen to Locked On Cabs again on YouTube and give us a su- subscribe. Yes, smash We're close to that freaking subscribe button. Help us cook those books and make a little extra money because we all like money. Anyway, it's going to be it. I'm Chris. He's Evan. Be well. Stay safe, et cetera, et cetera.